We're going to talk now to Dashi Stardust. Dashi is a dancer, actor, singer, model, podcaster. And uh, she also designs web pages and stuff for, for companies. Um, she was born in 1990, just after the communist entered in Slovakia. And uh, she was very much into dancing, was going to become a ballerina or a contemporary dancer and um, studied that, but then transitioned into music. So we talked a little bit about uh, her childhood. Uh, there was a big moment in her family when her brother uh, came out and told everyone that he was gay. So we talked about that a little bit and how that shaped her um, and uh, and her transition. Yeah, from 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 dancing into becoming a, a musician and how she keeps on developing that. Um, her boyfriend is also a musician, so it's interesting to hear how it is for a couple to be together who are both working on their own music. I'm very curious um, about that. So, yeah, it was a fun talk, and uh, Tashi is a cool girl. I was happy to meet with her. Um, <clears throat> the show wouldn't be on the road unless there were for these um, very generous sponsors that I have. Um, that's the Old Bar in Prague. Healthy food, oatmeals, um, skier. They have both sweet and savory options in, in the oatmeal, so people are coming at lunchtime and eating oatmeal with bacon, cheddar, and avocado, um, or goat cheese, beetroots, and uh, olive oil. Um, amazing stuff. It, it just, yeah, words can't describe it. You just have to take your private jet, land it in Prague, and go to the oat bar. And then Alfred Jobs... Uh, that's alfred.cz, also in the app stores, uh, Google Play and iOS. And uh, it's basically a job searching app and a web page where you can set up your parameters so you get your job sent to you. Um, it's never been easier to find a new job, so don't accept to be in your shitty job any longer. Enjoy, guys. Yeah, um, Dashi, Stardust, welcome. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. How yeah, are you? I'm really good. Good. Good where, to see where's you. That, where's that name from, Stardust? Uh, that's a kind of interesting story because I I always had a problem trying to navigate myself through um, the artistic stuff, like, you know, promotional stuff. And I was when I started singing... I, I kind of didn't care about it and, you know, artistic name because I was usually just playing like cover gigs where nobody really cares who you mm. are. You're just basically playing cover songs of other people. So I didn't really care. And then then after um, the first time I actually got to play my original songs and I realized that people are interested and they want to know more about me, I was trying to figure out a, a a name, you know, like an artistic name, but I was not very good at it, and I was also pretty lazy. So I came up with Dashi, which is um, a nickname uh, from from the time when I was a kid. You know, my mm. parents used to call me Dashi, so it was like a pretty cool and cute at the same time. But then I started using this name and realized after a year and something that there are many other artists around the world with this name you know maybe it means something else in their language mm. but 
you know, since my plan uh, from now on is is trying to try to expand a little bit more as an artist, I just wanted to have something unique and something that only I will have. So well, it's kind of it's kind of like when I came up with the bunker. How the hell did we end up here? Then I found out after I put it out the first few episodes there are hundreds of other podcasts called <laughs> the bunker. Really? <laughs> it's great, yeah. So then you added the next part to it. No, no, I had it in. Luckily, I had that in from from the from the start. But yeah. yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah. It's hard to. You know, I'm I'm really bad at this. So, uh, and I realized that actually a few months ago because I'm I'm working on my album now, and and I was just trying to put together all the uh, materials, you know, from for promotion and and like photos and and all the stuff that I will need for the album, and I was mm. trying to put. Uh, together a material for for um, a grant, you know, for Manny and Dashi kind of looked lame, so <laughs> I was trying to look for for an ad- addition to it. Yeah, you could also borrow if you want. You can have it Dashi. How the hell did we end up here? Okay, Maybe in, just in it, case actually, it would make sense. <laughs> the bunker starters, but um, um, so yeah, you kind of blew the lid on it. You're a you're a musician, but you're also I mean you're an actress, model, dancer. Uh, you just told me now before we start recording, you do web designs and a lot of your photography. What are you? Um, that's a good question. I think at this point, um, I'm nothing and it actually feels pretty good because, mm. <laughs> you know, once I allowed myself to be nothing, I realized I can be anything I want. So mm. why the fuck not? Mm. That's true. So this, the, everything that you said is, is true. And but you're a podcaster uh, as well. Yeah, your arrival. Your arrival. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have my own podcast, and then I, I uh, host a podcast for a company called Music Doc, mm. uh, which is a more like an artist platform that connects uh, artists with uh, promoters, with people who can help with videos, for example, with recording, with insurance anything you can imagine so mm. yeah I'm, i don't want to say I'm, I'm everything but i uh, learned that you know some time ago like a few years ago i used to be really um careful when it came to introducing myself and mm. i i was very shy actually i didn't realize it back then but i but i was you know i would say i'm a dancer but i quit dancing so i try to do music now you know and mm. it was just I didn't believe in myself, so I just kind of... And my boyfriend helped me with this very much because he said, you're selling yourself super short, you mm. know? You can do a lot of things and you do it amazingly, so why don't you just just Be you all know, of admit it? it. Mm. <laughs> but but, it, uh, but out of the things that you do, I guess the m- music is right now the one that kind of takes most of your time. Yes, right? music. And I would say dance as well if it was not a pandemic because you know I, i'm a dance teacher i studied actually dance teaching mm. um i'm a master of arts in dance teaching so i try to stay um connected with dance because not not only because you know it's it's a um, an artistic field where you can be really free when it comes to creating you know and choreography and and teaching as well mm. um but it also keeps you in shape. And, you know, when you teach, you keep yourself in shape and you're paid for it. So yeah, that's a good way to see <laughs> All it. in one, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time, you know, being a dancer, I realized that whatever I do, you know, what what 
whatever else I do, I, I still have to keep doing dance because I, when I when I don't do it for some time, it's like if a, you miss it. some part of me, you know, is missing. I don't mm. know how to describe it, but you know, since I've been doing it for years, it's kind of impossible for me to imagine my life without it. Mm. But yeah, music music is probably the main thing. Yeah, and I thought actually when we we met, we met at a party uh, at a birthday party, uh, we have a mutual friend and. Um, um, I, I more of them actually <laughs> yeah we have a few mutual friends and some of your friends have been on this show mm-hmm. already um but uh i thought like okay i'll i'll i'll, I'll meet dashi and and we'll talk about music but then we had a coffee at the old bar one of the sponsors of the show mm-hmm. great coffee amazing uh, coffee exactly um and uh, and then i found out that you actually have kind of i don't know it kind of comes from from your background that we're going to go into a little bit later but you have really strong opinions on on a lot of of, of kind of let's say social justice gay rights and and and, and these kind of things mm-hmm. so um yeah i think we we have more to talk about than than just the music um definitely but before i want to try something that i haven't done before i want to actually give the listeners a chance to hear your song right now while we are are, are recording um i just uh, been playing this today and i fucking love it mm-hmm. actually it's it's is this a new song um you're talking about ordinary, ordinary things? things yeah this is actually a covid song because um when when the, the first lockdown started and we were you know locked at home mm. we we were thinking okay this sucks first of all because for the first week we had no idea what we're gonna do you know all the mm. bars closed everything you know it was impossible to work basically as a professional musician or dancer actor anything Mm. so he said we have to stay creative and this was our first attempt to stay creative yeah it's a it's a good one let's let's check it out So the the song is is as you say it's the first um, COVID creation. Yeah. Um, but is it somehow about that or? You know what? It's not really about COVID. But when I listen to it now, I think it is about COVID. You mm. know, the intention when I when I wrote it was not that it would be about covid because i wrote it you know a few months before the the lockdown even started but i remember um coming to jeff's and i would play the song for him and he said that's a great song let's let's you know work on it when we have some time and it that's was your bo- that's your boyfriend right Jeff? Yeah. yeah uh so 
he said, okay, I like the lyrics, I like the music idea, so he helped me, you know, arrange it and everything. And, you know, for us, this was not really a big deal because we just really wanted to stay creative. We just mm. wanted to do anything because we were kind of, you know, I don't want to say depressed, that's probably a strong word, but we had no idea what was going to happen. Mm. So we said, we have to... Keep doing something, otherwise we'll go crazy. We'll mm. just, you know, end up just drinking and smoking all day long, which mm. happened mm. anyway. You know, but, <laughs> but isn't that uh, like what rock and roll is all about? Probably, I don't mm. know, I don't know. But I mean, you know, we just wanted to do something, and and oh. so um, the video to this song actually um, was shot by me, and all the shots that you can see there are from the first days of super empty streets mm -hmm. of Prague. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had the feeling, I don't know if I can't really describe that feeling, but I knew something was going to happen and it's not going to last just two weeks that it was, you mm. know, announced. I kind of knew this was going to be long. Mm. And I just wanted to kind of keep the... Capture it. The, yeah, to capture it and keep the memory of this, mm. you know, weird times mm. where nobody um, knew what's what was going to happen next. Mm. And so the song is about, basically about some frustration from, it, it came from my frustration uh, in a relationship and not only um, from the relationship but my mind mostly because mm. I'm a, a big overthinker and I can overthink forever and the song is about me trying to go somewhere else mm. some other place where there's no overthinking but there's just me and the person I want to be with you know mm. no no extra thoughts no more no, of the ordinary more of the ordinary and not the past not the future just mm. just being here and now you know mm. oh, it's a nice song i love it uh but it wasn't obvious that you would be a singer because if we go back to where it all started you're born in in 1990 mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. you're you're the first communist free kid mm -hmm. um and uh, where yeah. is that that you're born um so okay i was born in slovakia mm. in a very small town called velki kartish mm very close to Hungarian borders and yeah I was born in 1990 I had a four um, years old brother mm. so I was a second child and I remember you know I, I don't want to say I could feel I was a communist free child I didn't realize it back then you know mm. how could I mm. but I can tell I don't have any memories of any stress as a kid or you know anything like i don't know i didn't realize anything political actually going on mm. um except for my parents being happy that it is over yeah. you know so but you didn't know what that it I, was i didn't know what it was and i, mm. I you know how could I know as a little kid? Mm. But I know that my parents were pretty happy that they could, you know, live this this life uh, that they were living. My my dad starting started his own company. You know, it was it was a very really new era for mm. Slovakia. Mm. And so yeah, I felt that I felt that a lot of people were trying to make it, you know, and whatever their dreams were. Yeah, there's so much energy that that set free yeah. with this, you know, because you have these millions of people that have been kept. And mm -hmm. down, you know, and yeah, then yeah, everybody yeah. wants to run. 
and yeah. do something. Exactly. Mm. And so, as I said, you know, I didn't realize it as a kid. I didn't know what it was, but I could feel that my parents were happy. I mean, of course, there were struggles, as probably mm. in, in every marriage, you know, like there's always something. But I I have to say, I, I saw my parents as happy people when I was a kid, which is a good thing. Mm. Um, were they arty at the time or how, how was that? This is a good one because <laughs> thinking about that, uh, you know, when I try to describe my parents somehow and and then I go through it in my mind, it's like black and white. Mm. You know, it's just so fucking opposite extreme that it's it's even funny, you know, because my mom, um, my mom uh, was a pianist mm. and her whole family side was very artistic, you know, really lively, really, you know, gathering um, at every occasion, like whoever um, um, had birthday in our family, you know, there was somebody's birthday. So we would gather and drink and dance and sing and play instruments. And, you know, we had this like really warm and nice family circle. Mm. And um, I think a lot of creativity actually came from that side. Mm. Um, and on the other side, on my dad is very logical, very intelligent, not saying the other side is not, but my dad is more, um, you know, um, like analytical mind, mm. I would say. He's very, very fast thinker. And his family is like that, you know, more conservative, down I would earth. say. Yeah, down to earth. Um, no art there, at least, you know, I don't know about anything. I know that my dad, or was it my dad that played the violin or his brother? I don't even remember, you know, that was mm. that was time that I, I didn't even exist. So, yeah, so, so it's these two sides that are completely different. Mm. And to be honest, I have no idea how my parents got together. I mean, no, but I mean, it must be like the the wedding must have been her half partying and singing <laughs> and dancing, and and your father's all playing so. playing playing chess somewhere. <laughs> I mean, you know, I know that my mom and my dad that used to they used to party a lot, so mm. that must have been you know the the point of interest. Mm. But otherwise, I mean, I have no idea. They must really love each other because <laughs> they're still together, and you know they have so little things in common that it's just insane. Mm. My dad is also um, a sportsman. Like he he does all kinds of sports. You can mm. imagine. I think that's where my my dance talent probably is is from. You know, from this side of the family because I've always loved to work out, to exercise. You know, mm -hmm. no matter what what it is. And I remember when I was a kid, I I would go to tennis, swimming. You know, and I I was a really you active. know lively kid, active. Yeah, so. Mm. But they didn't think you could sing. You told me that once. Yeah. Because I was asking you about this song, <laughs> and there's a part in it where you sing like a, almost like an opera singer or something. You know, when I was a kid, I very short after I was born, I had pretty severe problems with my vocal cords, mm. and my mom, you know, used to just drag me to all kinds of doctors who would say, you know, you have to be quiet because I was really tiny kid. Mm. So I was trying to be the loudest everywhere, mm -hmm. you know, and 
And my mom would just tell me, Badashka, that's how she she called me, Badashka, you have to be really quiet because, you know, your vocal cords are not right and you shouldn't scream, you shouldn't sing. And I mean, you know, as a kid, I didn't realize that's what I really wanted to do. Mm. I just kind of followed the instructions from the adults. Mm. So, so yeah, so for a long time, actually, in my life, I when I was a kid, maybe till I was, I don't know, 14, maybe... I would say I had pretty um, big problems with my vocal cords, with my voice, and I used to take a lot of pills and stuff. It was not okay. And mm. then I think, you know, during my teenage uh, years, it just kind of faded away. And then when I started singing, actually, to be honest, it, it just disappeared. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I, I think I don't have this like strong voice, you know, I, I, I can't really sing super loud, but I think. This is maybe also the reason why my the color of my voice is is pretty special, you know, in in this area where I am. I don't know anyone else who would be singing this way. Mm. I'm not saying special as you know something. No, something no, it's super, di- it's, diff- big, it's different. It's, yeah. it's different. It's you know? very I mean, different. I can and for a long time I was um, I was not happy with it because I thought you know I was lacking this strength in my voice and I even was heard that I can't sing too loud as a mm. critique you know as a negative critique and just over the last few years I'm becoming really confident with my natural voice I know where where I could get better but I know where where is my safe place and, mm. and where I feel good mm. at singing but the um so childhood was good, school, you did good in school. Yeah. Everyone um, is happy. <laughs> well, you know, this is a good beginning, mm. I would say. Hollywood movie beginning, but let's, you know, face uh, the reality. Um, of course, not everything was, was super cool and super mm. good. I, I think that it would be um, very weird to say everything was fine and all the relationships are, are just uh, amazing because none of them is, you know, really. Mm. Uh, nobody I know has a perfect relationship. And so my parents' relationship was not um, an ideal one. I remember uh, when I was five, I think, um, my parents didn't didn't have uh, much money. So my dad used to work in Germany because in Slovakia there was there were not too many jobs that my dad could do mm. as a as a um, um, you know with with his education it was uh, he he studied physics mm. and it was kind of hard to get any like ad- academical kind of job because it was for the for a very few people, the privileged for for the privileged, yeah, I would mm. say, and and so you know they started their own family, and and that was the priority at that point. So my dad was looking for a job somewhere abroad where he could get more money for the family, and so he would go to Germany every. Yeah, he needed to provide, yeah. Yeah, you know, mm. so so we could have a nice. Um, life and you know like everything that we needed mm. uh, and I, my mom was still teaching piano I think around mm. that time so I didn't see my dad that much around you know that age and, and I remember uh, my mom even told me that she was really sad and it was hard for her to you know take, take care of two kids go to work uh, and you know it was just not I believe an easy time mm. And just considering, you know, my mom was, what, 
28, 29 when I was five. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. my age and I, I can't even care, this, take care yeah. of my dog sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, she had two kids. So it's just insane mm. to, mm. to me to to imagine. But but yeah, so um so of course, you know, my, my dad would come back from Germany every now and then. Then he, he saw all his friends, they they were drinking, and then my mom was sad because he was drinking, you know, this uh, yeah, yeah. stereotypical um story um but but they are still together they're still together mm. and i can tell their relationship is getting better over time mm. because i remember when i was a kid because you know my mom she's super passionate and really like a like hot temper kind mm. of person mm. and my dad even though he's he's more like logical and analytical he's the same you know, mm. he can he can get really passionate up, about yeah. something and really furious about things. So so when they started arguing, it would be just like smashing doors and yelling and you know uh, that mm. kind of stuff. Mm. And but over the time, you know, it's less and less and less. And mm. and when I look at them now, I'm really proud of them. Mm. But then when you're what ten or eleven, then your brother. Yeah, this um, is a good one. Yeah. This is a good one. Because, um, you know, I remember that, and maybe this is a good good point to mention, because the reason maybe why I didn't see all the problems between my fam- between my, my parents, you know, mm-hmm. or, or maybe I saw it, but it was not that important to me back then, is, is, is because I had a, a brother next to me mm-hmm. who would spend all the time with me. You know, he was already uh, in school. I was still in preschool, mm. and we would play games. We would we would uh, make um, choreographies together, performances, circus. You know, all mm-hmm. this kind of like performing arts shit. We in didn't the even know. Room. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Anytime we had a guest, you know, we would charge them like <laughs> I don't know how, how much to see our show, which was I'm sure just a piece of shit but everyone just wanted to see it you know mm. and support us but i think this is where uh, this was very um i was really lucky that i had my brother with me mm. and and then i don't know how many years passed probably a few years that i was already also in school he he was you know getting older and so we he went to high school to a different city in slovakia mm. He was staying with our grandparents from my dad's side because my dad uh, was from a different city. And so I didn't see my brother that much. And I think I was 11 or 12 that I was basically the only child at home, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so back then, I think my... my, um, My hobby was was just dance and, and, you know stuff connected with it and my friends i was a really good kid i mean i i was just really nice and i didn't do any problems i think that at least that's what i was told mm. um and and i remember that my brother was already in high in high school he was studying um english and because he always wanted to become a teacher and he is right now and and i remember one time he came back home for the weekend because that was like how it mm. usually happened he would come come home for the weekend and he told me he was gay mm. and 
I think I was 12, mm. if I remember right. And I don't remember my reaction, but I remember how good I felt about it mm. that he told me. Because probably I didn't know exactly what it meant, or I, I think I guessed, but mm. I didn't know what exactly. But I was super happy that he told me first. Because of the trust. Because of the trust. Because, you know, we would be this this kind of siblings that would always fight with each other and yell at each other. But at the same time, we loved each other. You know, we would mm. always play with each other. And we had a really nice relationship with each other. And and he taught me a lot of things. You know, thanks to him, I went to school, I went to school a year before I was supposed to, you mm-hmm. know, because I already knew how to read, how to write. So that mm. was amazing. And and so I remember this weekend he came home and he told me. And I don't know if it was if it was the same weekend or the weekend after he told my mom. Mm. And in our family, the system of news is that first, first you tell your mom mm. and she will explain to dad mm-hmm. because she knows how to handle his mm. You know, opinions. How to smooth it, and, how and to smooth it in. <laughs> yeah, you know? he's she, like she's really good at it. Mm. Even till now, like this is the system, and um, and then then somehow my brother told my mom. Her reaction was, I think, pretty positive. Mm. I think I think everybody kind of uh, expected it because mm-hmm. my brother was was super. Um, He's very outgoing and he just loved to perform at any occasion, you know. He just mm. loved to be the, the center of the attention and I, I'm not saying this is, you know, um, what you have to have in order to be gay. But, I mean, he, somehow everyone kind of sensed it, mm-hmm. you know. And What about that? My dad... You know what? I was not there when when he would say anything about it or when he got to know about mm. it. Mm. But like the overall feeling in our family is, and our I mean in our little family is gay positive. Mm. That's am- amongst the four of you. Amongst the four of us, yeah. Mm. Wider family, we can go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so this was I think. Back then, I didn't realize it, but but this moment was a big thing in my life. Mm-hmm. Because from then on, maybe over my teenage years, I didn't even realize it. But I realized that now, because I'm still in a very close relationship with my brother, and we, you know, call each other or text each other every day. And so it is in my mind, you know, he still is gay. He's still facing the same problems, unfortunately, then probably 20 years ago Mm. and you know it's still there somehow and i'm really happy that i got to um know about it when i was in in a really young age Mm. so you got got to grow up with it yes exactly because Mm. because then you know i was growing up as well and when i i left my hometown because i went to to high school to study dance um Almost all the boys in my school that studied dance were gays, mm-hmm. you know. And this perception that I already had from home helped me to not pay too much attention to things that I that was not my business, you know. Yeah. 
Because I know how, how much struggle that has to be, you know? How long can we stay in the morning and bed? How many eggs you want on your plate for breakfast? I gotta wake up at eight, you better not be late. Gathering your clothes around my tiny flag. How was it? You said that like your your little unit of four, you accepted it. But I guess because I mean, if we if we look at what we're talking about, we're talking about probably around two thousand five or or yeah, two thousand three maybe. Yeah, two thousand three, yeah. and 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 Slovakia. For those who don't know, then <laughs> I mean, obviously Czech Republic and Slovakia used to be the same country at some point, mm-hmm. but they are actually quite different. I mean. Um, the Czech Republic, at least Prague, is extremely, um, let's say, diverse and, and tolerant when and it open. comes to yeah when it comes to to uh, gay uh, whether that's male or female mm-hmm. uh, and and in some way Slovakia is more like this kind of con- more conservative little brother yeah. or little sister in a way um, yeah more farming more industrial religion in the first yeah more religious yeah more religious yeah I think. Um, Religion is not helping this this big problem at all mm. because religion is not unifying people. It's dividing people, first of all, mm. I think. And I think what, what a big problem in Slovakia is that there are a lot of people, people's mindset is still in, in communism and mm. socialism. You know, like my grandparents... They're still alive from from that side, and I think they're still living in that era, mm. you know. And I can like present it on on um, on an example. For example, when um, this side of the family figured out my brother was gay mm. from the father's side, yeah, from the father's side, and it was I don't know, it was years after my brother came out, mm. right? You had to hide it. But he didn't come out in front of them just for this reason. Because what happened, and it was years after, they um, found out through another member of the family. Mm. They stopped talking to him. Mm. Before that, it was they would be in touch, you know, on a weekly Re- basis, yeah. let's say. Mm. From then on, nothing. Mm. Not a single word. And... It's sad, you know. Mm. It must be really frustrating to be ignored just because of who you are. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's really stupid. It's really stupid because and by your people, by your own blood. Exactly, mm. exactly, and and you know. But what did you do? You cut them off. <laughs> you know, me, and this is another thing, because Slovakia. Um, is is a country full of stereotypes. Mm. You know, it like when you say a word feminism, for example, you're looked at as 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 evil, you know, like if you were saying something rude or something that 
doesn't exist in Slovakia, but it's some fucking liberal countries only. Mm. And I think that this side of, of the family has that kind of setup. Mm. You know, they they looked at me as a girl who, you know, studies, dance, who doesn't have any big achievements, not a university, you know, focused on something quote important mm. you know and and i remember from from when i left my hometown for for the conservatory which is a high school for for arts in slovakia um i didn't hear from them really mm. you know because i was probably not studying something that was enough no. or i don't know i don't know the reasons till now but i kind of got fine about it, you know, because I was never super close with the side of family. And I think I understood pretty early that just because I'm family by blood with someone, I don't mm. have to be in touch with them, no. you know? Mm. It's like, and and especially if, if they don't have, you know, if they're, if they're not interested in, in what I do in my life, then I don't know why I, as a kid, basically, should be fighting for any kind of attention you know mm. so so yeah that that was this side of the family and it's sad you know because i had a really nice childhood with them mm. and with my brother as well we would spend holidays there every summer every winter we would go to all the national parks to you know we would sport together do mm. you know fun things and i really liked spending time there but then this little thing but how how so you you it obviously shaped you somehow because i mean you 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 see it firsthand like a great injustice somehow and, uh -huh. and as you're saying now if you mention feminism there um, uh -huh. i mean has this affected you or shaped you going forward i mean i don't know but mm -hmm. did you did you become stronger somehow on fighting for your views and your opinions or, mm -hmm. or for a long time i think you know, after my, my brother um, came out, I think for a long time I didn't realize it it was shaping me anyhow. Mm. Because I was fully uh, interested in dance and focused on dance and, and I, I really didn't have time for um, thinking and uh, in, in how to say, like f feminism or... or gay rights kind of context you know i mm. didn't i was not really interested in kind of in this kind of topics at all mm. because it's cool first of all it was very challenging for me to be to be studying that school because you're there you know many hours a day you basically don't have time for anything else mm. it's physically very 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 hard and so i I think I just sensed everything that was going on around me somehow naturally. I didn't mm. analyze it in any way. I started analyzing it when um, when my brother told me something, you know, or, or he would be struggling with something or he started dating someone and he said when, when he was holding his boyfriend's hand, people would look at him like he was doing something wrong and... You know, it mm -hmm. it strikes you because mm -hmm. I'm his sister and I really love him and it's just fucking unfair. Why I can hold my boyfriend's hand and he can't, mm. you know? Mm. We're the same people, we're the same blood, we're the same... Mm. Made, we're the in the same. Same, made in the same factory. <laughs> yeah, 
exactly. Mm. And so, um, I think the moment I started realizing that it's really fucked up was um, with louder and louder political discussion in Slovakia by fascist people mm. or racist who mm. got to politics somehow uh and they're still still spreading spreading pretty bad vibes in Slovakia mm. still spreading this anti-liberal bullshit and hoaxes you know and and all the stuff that that is not helping this LGBTI kind of situation mm. that is not helping feminism at all that is not helping basically anything but some small, fucked up yeah, traditions small, yeah, small group of people that exactly yeah. and you know when when a conversation like this is loud mm. when it's in all the media that say gay people will adopt all the kids from straight people you know Mm-hmm. This kind of so conversation, really stupid. Yeah, really which stupid. is first of all, why? Mm-hmm. Second of all, is stupid. Third of all, you know, it's just so many, so many questions you ask yourself when you hear things like this. Because you don't only ask yourself how somebody can think that mm-hmm. that way, but mm-hmm. you ask yourself how these people got into politics. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? but that that's the thing. I mean, I. I Unfortunately, politics is a badly paid job unless you start stealing money from the system or something <laughs> like that. So it's yeah. it's not necessarily always, a, you know, p- politics doesn't always attract the best people. Mm-hmm. It just unfortunately, it's actually often the people that the private business doesn't want. They they end up the rejects end up in politics because that's the only place they can actually function. Yeah, and and you know, it's really dangerous when um, people who just want to steal money and who want to get rich on basically their um country's citizens you mm. know stealing money from them from their you know their taxes and so on it's really sad when they connect their job with human rights mm. with damaging human rights basically mm. you know and this is what what is i think happening in slovakia yeah but it's happening it's not just that it's in the region i mean it's the same yeah. in hungary it's the same in poland it's the same and not as bad here yeah i mean yet. prague is different prague no. is pretty different mm. but so th- so this whole thing gave you some sort of a sense of justice in a way or or yeah or you yeah. started hating injustice let's say i would say so yeah because you know i think the fact i was born and raised in slovakia i think me myself was racist for some time and mm. probably anti LGBTI or mm. anti-feminist mm. probably I was but I didn't know because you know the uh, general conversation about these problems was non-existent mm. when I was a kid I didn't hear anyone talking about these topics at all mm. and maybe I started to focus more on it once I realized that my brother was gay and and even back then I, I wouldn't have anyone that I could talk about it with you know mm. i started um realizing it when i came to prague and i realized i started meeting more and more expat people i started meeting more and more gay people 
um, people that were just different from mm. me. Mm. And maybe before I got to Prague, I would have thought this person is weird or this person is different or this person is, you know, I would yeah. I would name it somehow. Mm. But right now I'm at the point where I just don't want to name anything that's different. Why? Mm. You know, unless... Unless it's not violence, mm. yeah, violence should be named. Then just do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, mm. right. I, I totally agree. Um, so you're busy during all this, and and you 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 go into dance school, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, you eventually had the master's degree, and you're you're yeah. educated as a as a dance teacher. Mm-hmm. But you you were mainly in ballet, right? Yeah, ballet and contemporary. And why why was that like a like you said, you were always very active as a kid, so it was uh-huh. just a natural thing, or was it like a... You know, I I have no idea why. I have no idea why. I know that when I was a little kid, and anyone would, would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I would say, ballerina, because uh-huh. I don't know why, though. Mm. Because, yes, of course, I did dance from the age of four or five, I think, mm. which is pretty early, but I was not any special you know talented kid i was just i was fine Mm. um but i had a um a few role models i would say Mm. um when when i was going to all the you know dance practices and stuff and and i think dance went hand in hand with music for me Mm. you know so right now i can't really tell if i loved the dance that i was doing or, or the, the music, music that you I were did dancing to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it was both. But you, so you graduate and you you start teaching dance and and working with that, right? Yeah. Well, first I graduated from uh, from um, the conservatory in Slovakia, which was a six. No, I think my studies were just five years, mm. um, and that was still in Slovakia. And then I moved to Prague to study my masters. Mm. Well, bachelor and master's, but that was another five years. And then I got the master's degree mm. in uh, dance teaching. But, you know, um, even during the school, I was doing a lot of dance projects, like theater projects. So I was not only focused on teaching. Basically, I didn't want to go to um, this university at all. In the first place, I wanted to try different auditions to theaters around Europe and stuff. But I was not successful, you know. Mm. Back then, there was a really, and I believe now it's even even more huge, you know. There was a big um, group of people who would just, like, travel from country to country to to do the auditions. And, mm. and the more experienced you are, the better. And I, I was not back then, you know. I was just... a right after high school i i don't think i was ready for for life like that anyway but you you but you were kind of foreseeing a career in dance right mm-hmm. i mean yeah. whether it would be teaching or dancing yeah. or, or yeah um, i mean even even when i was uh studying teaching i was mm. very active in in dance productions as a, a performer and dancer you know i was always around choreographers and and people from film and i just wanted to do as as many things as I could, and I I'm really happy for the projects that I I I, I did in the academy with my friends. Mm. But then how 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 did it become like? 
I mean, you say as a kid from, yeah, I'm going to be a ballerina when I grow up uh, and this and that and blah, blah, blah. You're always dancing. You go away when you're 14 to a dance school that you stay mm-hmm. in and then you go to Prague for to study bachelor and master's degree in dance uh-huh. and then you go to music. <laughs> so how, how, how was that transformation? What happened there? Uh, that's an interesting question because... I'm not sure I know, really. Because mm-hmm. I think it was just a constellation of so many things happening at one time, you know? Um, one thing is that... Um, I think it was the year I finished my master's. Mm. It was summer. And a friend of mine, um, a great jazz piano player, Jakub Tekeli. He came back from Vienna. He studied jazz piano there. And he came to Prague. He was looking for a flat. And back then I was living with my ex-boyfriend. We had a pretty big flat. So we said, you know, you can stay here for the time you you find a new flat. So um, just feel free to stay with us. So he stayed with us. And, you know... It was summer, so it was basically my holiday after after the academy, after my studies. And I was not doing much, you know. I was just enjoying this time after, you know, studying and doing the finals and everything. And uh, my ex-boyfriend was, was somewhere on tour with his, with his project for school. He was also a musician. Mm. And he, he did this, like, uh, school music kind of project where where they would travel around Czech Republic basically play um concerts you know original mm. music mm. so he was you know at some meetings i guess or i don't know somewhere <laughs> he was not at home most of the time so i was there alone with with uh Jakub with our with our friend and no we didn't do that what you're thinking guys but <laughs> we would listen to music you mm. know and we would talk about music and every time you know i went for a cigarette he would join me and and you know we would talk about songs that we like and he he told me so much about jazz and and you know jazz standards and i was really inspired you know because after a long time of being in dance you know and and just being really deep in dance, you know, theater stuff and and mm-hmm. and things like that. It was so refreshing to, you know, hear about a different world. Yeah, you know. And he came back from Vienna, different different country, yeah. you know, different people, different field. It kind of breaks up your yeah. world somehow, you know. Yeah, and and it was amazing, and I just loved listening to him because he he he's in jazz enthusiast you know he's not only a great player but he knows a lot of things mm. so so every now and then you know he was practicing we had we had a piano at home and he would say learn these lyrics the standard and and let's let's you know um practice together mm. so we would do this every now and then and um i think it was a year after i got my first bass guitar because for some reason i wanted to start playing <laughs> bass guitar uh, and he said, this is 
not a hard song. You can you can learn, you know, like the just the root notes on, on the bass so we can play it together. And it was like, I don't know, maybe five, six notes I was mm -hmm. supposed to play. So it was easy, you know, and, and I have a good sense of rhythm. So from the from the along. dancing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think dancing helped me a lot in music because I I kind of feel the rhythm naturally, I mm -hmm. think, through my body, you know. And so we we would play these songs together and then I remember my ex came back from the tour and he said, "What? Wh how, why don't you play together? You know, like, why don't you have a gig somewhere? And he arranged it for us, I think, a few few gigs for mm. us mm. where I would just learn the easiest possible songs on bass because, you know, focusing on singing and, and bass guitar. Mm. And, you know, I was, I was a total beginner. I mm. mean, so... So we had our first gigs together, and I think I was super lucky that that I could do it with with Yaku because he was such an inspiration. He would never, you know, be like overcritical about anything because he understood my passion. Mm. He, he saw how much I loved, and he singing. knew, and he, he knew, knew you were a beginner as well. I mean, yes, he, yes, uh, and 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 this, instead of saying this is shit or this is not working, he would tell me what to do. You know, mm. try to play this rhythm on the bass. Mm -hmm. Try to try to you know do this or that, and yeah. So this is how I started. Mm. This was my, this was what 2015. Mm. This is 2015, and and you played live and people liked it. Yeah, somehow, uh, yeah. And I realized, well, I can sing, actually, mm. which I had had no idea before, you know? Because everybody would tell me from when I was a little kid, you shouldn't sing, your your voice is not all right, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and suddenly I was like, hey, I really love this. And back then, you know, you could still smoke in the bars. Even that was was not a problem. So I was thinking... Maybe I could give it a try. And it was, after so many years in dance, it was really refreshing to to feel something new and something, another type of attention from people, you know? It was suddenly so honest for me, mm. much more than dance at that point. Because in dance, and I don't want to say this like it's a general thing, but I've seen many theater productions where that was choreography-wise shit. Mm. But the dancers looked pretty good. Mm -hmm. And so whatever, you know, the lights, the music, dance is such a complex thing that you can fool the audience, mm. you know? You can... It's just... Yeah, you can't do that when that's a piano and a bass. You can't. There's nowhere to hide. Yeah, you can't. Mm. You can't do that with your voice and with an mm. instrument. Mm. You know, and that was such a big field of exploration for me because I wanted to see how far can I go and still, you know, enjoy it because it it was really honest for me at that point after years in dance where I would always, you know, <laughs> as a dancer, as a professional dancer. You're constantly, every day, in front of a mirror. Mm. In front of people who tell you, you should do something differently. It's much more restrictive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
of course I love dance and I have a great passion for dance. Mm. But when I look at this look at it from this um angle, dance is much more criticizing. And yeah, because I, I can imagine that because you have the, the, the choreographer, you have the you know the production manager, you have the other dancers, mm-hmm. and as you say, you're performing you're you're a critic criticizing yourself because you're in front of the mirror yeah. when you go and play music live or and you know you practice alone at home mm-hmm. you don't have this there's not all these external forces pulling you somehow right yeah and and what i really love about music is that in order to connect with the audience or connect with someone in the audience you really have to connect with them mm. you have to be there fully. Mm. In dance, I don't remember this kind of experience, you mm. know. Mm. I mean, of course, I'm sure it, it happened, but dance is much more selfish. Mm. But you, soon after this starts with, with Jakub, uh-huh. the pianist, he kind of jumps ship, right? Oh, yeah, this... <laughs> But and I, and that's I when you—that's when you get into the deep end, right? <laughs> yeah, because you know what, this was really funny because I was so happy that I I started playing, and at this point, I was twenty five, twenty six, and I thought I have finally my life figured out. <laughs> you know, yeah. I thought I thought, okay, I have a good job, you know, because right after the academy, I started teaching in in uh, Prague Contemporary Conservatory, which mm. is a big deal, you know, right after finish your studies. Cool, yeah. I was I was really happy and I was really lucky. I got super nice people that helped me get there, you know, as a as a beginner, you know, a teacher. So I was happy to have that. And then I was teaching in a international school of Prague, which is another super cool place, you know. Mm. Not easy to get there. And so I was proud of myself. And doing music. And and then I started doing music and I thought it was a hobby. Mm. You know, I finish teaching and then I go get ready for a gig. I have a, some extra attention, you know, in the evening. And then it's fine. I love everything, mm. you know. And that's what I thought back then. But it caught up with you somehow because I think you... It, it it became harder and harder to combine those yes. two, right? Yes, because I realized at this point that I'm not sure if my love for music is not bigger than dance. Mm. And this was the first time I started worrying about something I loved. Mm. Because um, since, since we had a, a pretty nice feedback from people with Jakub, you know, with the piano player, and, and we played shit bars at the beginning you know it was <laughs> just like pubs where you don't want to go it, it was just like cigarettes beer wine and music mm-hmm. that was it mm. you know and and it was also you know most of that was just like touristic places with with drunk people at you know stack parties or you know stuff like that mm. but i liked it you know it was the beginning i didn't really care I was just happy that I could stand in front of people and, and perform, perform, develop mm. whatever talents um, I had discovered. Mm. And 
um, so we played more and more with Jakub, you know, and we, we played together for a year or two, I think. And it was 2017, I think. And and we would play like three times a week, maybe mm. back then. And and still at this time I was teaching uh, at the conservatory. And, you know, if you teach at a school like that, which is basically uh, raising future professionals, mm. you have to be there with your brain, with your brain mm. really, you know. In the morning, because ballet classes take place in the morning. So I oh. had to be there, you know, starting at 9. So I would have to wake up 7.30 or something. And after a gig that ends at 1. And and then you stay there. And you you have a drink or two or three, four, five, whatever. You know, you talk to people. Mm. You want to talk about what you just did. You know, like, it's... It's this natural kind of process. You you want to But isn't that also, also different, sorry... Dashi, that that when you when you play those type of gigs, uh-huh. you get instant feedback. You you can actually you go and talk to the audience afterwards, mm-hmm. versus then dancing on a stage. You go somewhere to the back room, and the people leave that place, and you never see them again. You know what is even worse, mm. <laughs> and and this is not me trying to bitch about dance. No, not at all. But you know, I'm just comparing things that I saw. For example, contemporary dance theater. Mm. It's basically 50 people going from theater to theater because it's, you know, what smaller circle of people that are interested in this, which is... It's a core core audience. It's normal. Mm -hmm. It's normal. It's like with contemporary fine arts. You know, it's also, it's different from, you know, the most famous galleries, you know, focused on on classical Mm -hmm. stuff. And, And so... What I realized when I was in contemporary dance theater productions, it was not that nobody would come to you after. Mm. Those people would bitch about you. Like, uh-huh. did you see Did you see this and did you see that? You know, it was like, dance world is one big gossip. Uh-huh. Music world is as well. But I think it's much more friendly and less competitive. Mm. More supportive. And more supportive for sure. I mean, I've been so lucky with people in music. Not all of them, but but most of the people that I'm still in touch with, I'm really grateful for them. On that, you told me when we had that amazing oat bar coffee <laughs> in a park here nearby, you told me a story that when, when Jakub kind of bailed on you you had some gigs booked and yeah. that, that, i think that's a great example of of, of friendship and support yes right? and this is a, the a good continuity i think of the whole story because around this time when i realized i want to do music more i i wanted to play more with Jakub because we already had a repertoire you know we already had uh, songs that we like to play and it was we didn't even have to rehearse that much because we somehow clicked, you know, and naturally. And at the same time, Jakub was a super big pro. So he would save every situation what, what that I would somehow Get yourself up, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, but but the thing is that since he's he's a really good um, uh, artist, he is involved in, in many projects, you know. Now in COVID, I don't know, but um, back then, it was 2017, 
he was very busy. He he told me he would play in this bar called Duplex. Yeah, it's a big <laughs> club in the most busy street. I mean, Park. I have no idea whose idea it, it was to have jazz piano player there with a singer. No. Because this, because this is a dance club. Yeah, you know? it's a big mis- mismatch. They somehow, they want, oh yeah, I know, I know. Because it, it was owned by the same guy or co-owned by the same guy they, that used to own other places where I played. And so they had one manager, you know, it was just mm-hmm. like... Sorry, mm. it was just like one circle of people. So mm. they would just shift musicians, you know, between places, <coughs> places mm. which was, I think, fine. And but but we used to play duplex, and it was fine money, you know. It was a nice atmosphere. They would uh, they would have this um, terrace on the rooftop, you mm. know. It was beautiful, and we would always play there when when the sun was setting. You know, it mm. was it was really nice. Um, but one day Jakub said, you know what, I, I can't play this often with you because I just got involved in this new project and it was some huge like jazz concerts and, mm. you know, they would tour a lot. And I was like, I, I kind of, you know, I saw that coming mm. because like, let's face it, you know, I was not a pro. He, he was too go- he was too good for that gig. I think so. Mm. I think so. And and I I would never be angry at him for it or something because it was just natural, you mm. know. I I I think he played the best role he could at the beginning. He helped me, you know, into to get the, oriented the, yeah. in, uh-huh. in in that kind of space on stage, you know, and and also on the other hand, my ex-boyfriend would introduce me to some people in, in the bars, mm. right? Which was my first contact with um, managers, with, with you know, like managing my own gigs. Mm. Um, but then, um, s- very short time before, Jakub said, you couldn't play with me anymore. Mm. I, I broke up with my ex-boyfriend. Mm. And... You know, since I was pretty new in this in this whole uh, network, I I didn't really know how to, you know, take care of of that playing and this this side of my life, you know, that was growing, and because I I had always had somebody who would help me. Somehow. Yeah, you are, you were always hanging on to someone or around someone who knew more. Yeah, and and to be honest, at the beginning, I had no idea I wanted to do it in, in such a huge scale you know at first i thought i would just play one two gigs a week mm-hmm. but then i think even Jakub and, and even my ex-boyfriend they saw may, maybe it's really good mm. you know so so they were supportive and helping mm. but then um so we broke up and it was a, a pretty drastic you know breakup mm. so um <laughs> so i said okay i'm gonna take care of everything now and i kind of I'm looking forward to it because I want to learn how to fucking take care of myself, right? Mm. So um, I remember having this conversation in duplex with Jakub. And the next day, or in two days from then, I was supposed to have another gig. Without him. Without him. And I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? You know, I'm not this fast in learning that I could learn new songs in two days. Mm. 
And I had an acoustic guitar at home that I had started um, practicing a few weeks or months probably prior to this event with Jakub. And so I said, well, in the worst case, I'll just play the acoustic guitar mm. because I need money. You know, I, I can't afford to lose this gig. Mm. And so I came home and, and I got home and I, I, I started practicing like, you know, yeah. Dasha, Dasha is now making guitar. She's playing air guitar. <laughs> Right yeah, now, yeah. here in the studio. Like, yeah. yeah, because, the, you know, I was just desperate. I, I didn't know what to do. And so I I picked up the guitar and I would start playing Wonderwall. Uh -huh. You know, sh just shit shit songs that I It's a great thought, song. Great well, song. Well, Nothing wrong with Wonderwall. You know. Never fails. Okay, okay. On, on fifth beer. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, back then I didn't really care. I mm -hmm. didn't care because I was around people who would who would play in bars mm -hmm. and in pubs and this was like a routine you know this set of songs that you basically hate but okay you still play it because there are drunk people that want to hear it you know mm. that was the kind of environment mm. that I was in and and but but Jakub always made it better better with with his jazz piano you know he mm. would he would We would have this kind of a fusion. He, he like, gave like it. Jazz. He gave it dignity. <laughs> yeah. You you dumped it down well, to Wonderwall give, again. Giving Wonderwall dignity. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a good one. Yeah, but. So what did you do? So 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 what I did was practice Wonderwall, practice the, the set of songs like that. You know, mm. three four chord songs. Mm. Ideally, <laughs> same chords, and I could just move the capo. You know. Yeah. And. <laughs> But, you know, I did my best. And at the same time, I was on Facebook and I wrote into this uh, group. I think it was musicians in Prague or something. And I posted something. Hey, guys, I'm looking for a, a, a percussionist or a bass player. I think. Mm. Um, for my next gig because blah, blah, blah. I don't even remember what that was about. But I just needed to be in touch with someone and new. this is the day before the gig yeah and i and i didn't at the same time i didn't want to contact anyone i knew through my ex-boyfriend ex because yeah. fuck that's everyone it's a, a matter of matter, matter of pride yeah yeah uh and that was the best thing that i did because you know why that day i got a message from a percussionist whose name is hern gadbois mm. And he says, you know what? I might have time tomorrow for a practice if you want to mm. come here. We can we can rehearse and then plan the gig. Back then he didn't know the gig was supposed to be that night. But mm -hmm. it didn't matter. I found out Hern Gadbois is a former percussionist for Susan Bika and um, Patti Smith. Mm. And... You know, huge artists. Mm -hmm. And he replies to my shitty message on Facebook, and I'm like, wow, okay.
So we met, and you know, at this point in my life, I didn't care at all. Because mm. my state of mind was like, you know what? Now or never. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm all lost in this whole system now because I don't have my support that I used to have. Mm. So I better take my chances mm. and just build my own network of people, right? Mm. And that was the best thing I could do because I remember meeting Hearn. He's the sweetest person in the world, I swear. He was so nice to me. And I remember we played a few gigs together because, you know, I, I got to the rehearsal. We tried a few th- few songs and I could tell, well, he's got it, you know. There's nothing to <laughs> no rehearse. No shit, Sherlock. I mean, <laughs> I'm the one here who should yeah. rehearse, you know, at home 24-7. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> so we said, okay, see you in the evening. And so we saw each other in the evening in duplex, <laughs> same place. Mm. And, and so we played there. And, you know, now when I imagine that night, it was, I'm surprised he kept playing with me mm. because it was a piece of shit, yeah. to be honest. But I think somehow we clicked as people, you know, because mm. we sat on that terrace and... I don't know if I can name what happened there, but it but it was like like if I if I met a really good friend that I I, I no didn't click. even know I, no. I I had you know we clicked and so we played together for for months for mm. a, for for a few months. Um, so you're at the beginning of your music career and you're already playing with uh, someone <laughs> who played with uh, Patti Smith and Susan Vega. Yeah. Right, I know, and back then I didn't realize it mm. because I was not all right mentally. Mm. That's the first thing, and the second thing was that I didn't feel enough for anything. So even if the, uh, uh, the is that after the break because of the break after the breakup, uh-huh. yeah, and you know because even before I I started start um, writing my original music and and whatever I wrote it was never met with any kind of support to be honest mm. and and i was pretty sad about it because you know being creative is my tool of actually facing my my thoughts and my mind and my feelings and when i'm told the way i'm facing my mind is not okay mm. it's such a discouragement you know it's it's not what you want to hear as an artist because first of all I didn't ask for an opinion about the music I asked for some help like mm-hmm. give me some tools mm. you're a musician you know but no nothing like that happened mm. Mm. Uh, but now fortunately it is happening but yeah because I, I wanted to ask you about that a little bit yeah 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 but we'll get there I just wanted mm. to say that Hearn the the percussionist was the first person who encouraged me in writing original music because uh-huh. I remember at one of our gigs... It was, was it because he hated Wonderwall? He didn't want to no, play Wonderwall anymore. I, I think I didn't actually play it with him, but maybe I did in the first gigs. But, you know, I I was choosing music that I like. Mm-hmm. I, I played, you know, Nora Jones stuff and yeah, yeah. Damien Rice and things that I, I would listen to as a dancer. 
you know? So I learned things that I liked, you know? I was not suffering learning some, some new songs. Mm. And I remember at one gig I said, you know what, I have a song I, I really want to play, but it's my original song. And I was, I was, it's, it's even like magical to think about it because I, I was so humble, you know? I never considered myself a humble person, you know? But now when I see myself back then in my head, I was super humble and I was so not trusting whatever I was doing that it's even sad. Mm-hmm. But um, he said, yeah, 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 play it. So, so we played it together. And then I remember we sat on the terrace and he, and he told me, you should you should dive into your music more mm. because he is a creative person himself you know he 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 has his own theater percussion kind of project he 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 does huge things with percussions that are original stuff mm. and he just encouraged me to do the same mm. and he didn't even have to insist on something he just gave he just planted this little seed in my mind i think mm-hmm. that i kept there for some time but it also must mean a lot who he was uh, and that you knew of his career do you, you know, know what, what i mean that it comes from someone like that then back then mm-hmm. i didn't care really mm-hmm. because because i didn't see my i don't know how if i can explain it i don't know if i saw myself as a future singer or future songwriter you know Mm -hmm. i still thought i was doing it for money and for fun Mm -hmm. i didn't see myself as a future wannabe star or something you Mm -hmm. know and but i i think i cherished his words because of the person he was Mm -hmm. you know he was very kind and he he really cared about what i wanted to do Mm. and then now, yes, I realize a huge artist like him told me I should dive into original music process much more. And I'm thankful for mm. this, really. I, this was one of the encounters in my artistic life that I'll never forget and I'll be always thankful for. Mm. And if we, if we, because I know, for example, now, I mean, your your boyfriend, Jeff, Jeff Tyson, he's, uh, he's kind of a... a big name in, in, in the music business and he lives here in Prague and, and, mm-hmm. and you guys are a couple. I mean, I mean, and on this song that we played it at the beginning, he's singing with you and he's playing the guitar and, and she said he helped you with the arrangement uh-huh. and so on. So, I guess it it's really has helped both him and yourself musically to be a couple in music, right? Or is it a clash of opinions and ideas? <sighs> I think um, it's not a clash of opinion and ideas, but it's more from Jeff's side, it's definitely a um, he helps me a lot in a way that he he tries to motivate me to create things myself. Mm. You know, so for example, I I have a song idea and I bring it to the studio 
and it's it's some you know basic melody, basic harmony and lyrics. And he says, "Okay, but but what's the next part, right? Or like because I have a simple idea." And he says, "So what's the next part?" And I said, "I I don't know yet." So he says, "Okay, but work on it first. Figure it out all by yourself and then we'll we'll work, you know, on the arrangement and and like the the production stuff. Why why does he do that? So that it's yours. Yeah. So, and and you know, at the beginning, I thought he just didn't care mm-hmm. because I didn't know him that well. Yeah, because it's easy to see it from that angle as right? well. You know. Yeah. 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 And I thought, you know, he's a star. Like, mm-hmm. what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. You know, and and that was also the time that that I I didn't really trust myself in mm-hmm. in the creative process. You know, because. It was probably a habit from my old relationship that I just kept questioning myself, because um, Jeff. It sounds like it was uh, not a great relationship. Well, uh, the old one. I don't want to talk about it really, but but music-wise, it could have been definitely more encouraging. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I I really love the fact that Jeff gave me tools. Mm. I remember it was maybe a month or two after we met. I would bring my computer to his studio and he taught me how to use a um um a software. You know, like recording software. And I remember this because, you know, there's a really funny track that came out of the session. It's called Motherfucker. Mm. And <laughs> really it's called motherfucker and um it was one night he showed me okay this is how you do this how you do that this is how you record the microphone this is how you record the guitar this is how you can mix it slightly you know mm. um showed me a few things on a 1 minute song and then he said okay i'm going to get wine till i come back do the same that i did mhm you know, like he mm-hmm. made me do the process. Yourself. He made me look at it, mm. remember it, mm. and then redo it. And that was very rare and very special because I hadn't had any experience like that from before. Yeah, and I'm curious about that because I wanted to ask you, because, I mean, you're a young, good-looking girl, Um uh, how 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 is that in 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 this industry? I mean, because I mean, feminism here in in the, this part of the world or in this city here in Prague is 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 very far back from mm-hmm. from what I'm used to back in Iceland and in Denmark mm-hmm. where I used to live. And I'm I'm just curious. I mean, it, it, are you taken seriously? Um, do you feel you have to fight more than a guy? You know what. Not probably in music, mm. but I'll get to that in a, in a while, okay? Because I have a few things that I want to say about it. But first of all, I want to say that Jeff himself is a feminist. Yeah, yeah, but that's obvious. I mean, he's, he is approaching yeah. it with uh, respect to your he, creative. Exactly. He mm. he is really on point when it comes to any creative process. Like, mm. there's nothing like us as a couple there or us as a boy and a girl you know mm. like there's 
all the relationship stuff goes away at that point. And and I and Jeff is really efficient when it comes to the work in the studio. Mm. Like we work on something and he's, you know, really fast and he's 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 a perfectionist. So whatever he, he does and, and when I'm blah blah blank mm-hmm. into it mm-hmm. and I don't know what he's doing, I'm just trying to give him some, you know, comments or feedback. He's like, Baby, but let me finish this, okay? Or 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 for example. I tried to record something. I'm playing the guitar, right? And he says, okay, ready? Bam. Record. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Record. And I'm like, but I'm not ready yet. You're too fast. You know, this is the argument. Okay, but can you, you know, like he's, he is used to his timing in mm-hmm. the recording process. And he tries to, I think, he wants to teach me how to do the same thing because the work in the studio has to be efficient. Yeah, you know? yeah. There's no time space is money for, yeah, yeah. you know, mm. love stories and blah, 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 blah. It's just like any other work. Mm. And and I remember <laughs> I used to get mad, you know, or I would cry at the beginning because I thought it was a disaster. He's talking like that to me. And he was like, but baby, this is Pro Tools talk. You know, Pro Tools mm. is the software mm. that mm. we use. This, you just really have to be efficient because if you're in the studio, in a studio that you have to pay for... Mm you're paying basically for your blah blah mm-hmm. you know so this that's actually pretty cool and i'm i'm really thankful that now i'm not saying i have the knowledge i, I of course i have a lot of things to learn but at least he got me really oriented around the studio and around the process and he would let me um be at the the recording sessions for Dan Reed's album for example mm-hmm. he did it back in 2019 i could be there and watch jeff work you know and i i could just have the sense of what things are like in a studio because you know i i had no experience with that from Mm. before so that's a great help and i think jeff in general is really encouraging and the album that i'm working now he's he's a producer of that album so Mm. i'm i'm just really thankful that we started working on it together because it's it's a great um balance between my my let's say soft kind of songs you know and and really um, mellow kind of um kind of energy mm. and um his rock star kind of energy mm. you know and and him being a really great uh producer I, I can't wait till the album is out because it, it's going to be completely different to what I have done so far. Mm. But let's get a little bit back to being yeah. a girl in music yeah. here. And, and uh, so, so what I want to say is that I think in, in my whole life, actually being a girl or being a dancer and mm. a girl, you know, has been a big advantage but how is how how? that's what i want to say that it's being a girl an advantage an advantage Mm. you know Mm. should should the fact that you're a girl be prosperous for you Mm. no (laughs) you Mm. know like Mm. that's what i mean so I, I don't actually think that I, I would be talked to like I'm something less than men. Mm-hmm. 
You don't feel music. that. No. In music, no, 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 not at all. And if I sense that anywhere, I go away because you know what? I don't need that kind of energy. Because mm. we're all people, we're all the same. And if you don't like what I'm doing just because I'm a girl, then fuck off. Mm. Because this is this is not just music stuff. This is overall stuff, right? But the community here, like business and everything, is very male dominant. Though. It is. It is. And you know what? I'm really happy that over the last years, I can see more and more girls in music, you know. Mm. And um, at the beginning, I, I took it as a um, competition, you mm. know, because it's not that many girls yeah, in music yeah. here, yeah. like s- singers, songwriters. So I took it as a competition and especially, you know, girls that would be beautiful and successful and you know i would always find something that could be possibly wrong about them <laughs> so i i could get credit for myself but that's mm. completely wrong and it it's really connected with with everyone's i think self esteem mm. and when mine was very low uh i had problem um with respecting any musician actually mm. around me, not only girls, mm. but guys as well, because I I didn't see myself as something as, as someone who could be as big as they want to be, you know? Uh-huh. And <clears throat> now it's different. I mean, I'm really happy when I see anyone doing their own production, their own music, their own art, because mm. you know what's behind it. Yes, exactly. And and you know, there always will be people who are better than you, who are prettier than you, who are smarter than you, who are, you know, just better than you. Mm. But what does it mean? You can be unique and special in your own way, and mm. I think not trying to be the best is a is a great um it's freedom. It's it's just freedom, and it's mm. a great way to wherever you want to be, truly. Mm. And if the fact I'm woman is helping me in that, no. But I think the society is still oriented in a way that just because you're pretty and you're a girl, it gives you some advantage. Mm. But just this fact that it's still in the conversation, that's wrong. It's stupid, yeah. It's really stupid because mm. what if I'm not beautiful one day? What if I'm not smart one day? What or if I'm mentally wrong? you lose your voice. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's it's so many things. And mm. that's why, you know, lately I try to go back to my mind and to my inner world and try to explore it a little bit more. Mm. Because when, when I'm rich inside, you know, in my mind, when I have um, this world fulfilled, mm. then I don't have to try too hard to radiate it out around me, you know? Mm. That's the stardust. Uh-huh. You're spreading the stardust then. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, that's that's nicely put. But, you know, if I'm trying to prove someone that mm. I can be good, I then can it's be better. A star, then it's a star fart. <laughs> it's the star fart, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So 
I mean, there's a lot of things that could be improved around feminism, mm. for sure. And mm. I, I hate the fact... Um, I told you this story I had um, with the with the policeman. I was just mm. walking down the street and some asshole would just jump in front of me, opening his, um, unzipping Zipper, his yeah. pants and, you know, Jerk trying off. to exhibit his, uh, I'm sure, beautiful penis. But, mm. you know, it was not a pleasant experience at all. And I remember I was walking to my boyfriend's and he, he goes, baby, call the police. And I'm like, but, but what they're going to say, they're going to laugh at it. You know, mm. it's not because it's not nothing serious. Nothing happened to me physically. Mm. It's just the mental damage. Mm. Right. Mm. But then I called and, and it was exactly as I thought, you know, uh, some, some, Cop would just um, pick up the phone and he's like, what happened? And I described it to him and he said, mm, so I'm, I'm sure you're pretty uh, disturbed, right? <laughs> you uh -huh. know, this kind of conversation. Mm. I'm like, I wanted to just tell him to fuck off. But, you know, this this is wrong. Yeah. Of but we are we are behind here. I mean, and it, but it is developing. It's developing. It is, there it are is people, for sure. There are people fighting for this. I mean, I've had on this yes, podcast uh, yes. already two, three uh women who are really you know you know in the in the trenches you know yeah 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 and and i think the activism here in czech republic around feminism and, mm. and you know equal rights is is pretty big yeah it's it's growing and a lot i mean in those yeah. 12 years that i've been here it has really yeah. it became something it was nothing when i came here exactly exactly i'm i'm really happy about it and i i try to follow all this all these you know mm. uh, interesting instagram accounts or um just websites that that are focused on it mm. just uh, curious like <clears throat> so now now you're an artist you make music i mean but i mean you're a little bit of everything you're a mixed bag of different kind of arts and expressions of mm. whatever dust of stars you need to brush out to the environment uh -huh. um we're, I'm, I'm copywriting all those phrases, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I can, but but okay. how, 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 what does your dad think about this and your career choices and the path, uh, or let's say the path that you're on? Mm -hmm. I mean, because he comes from that square root world. That's a good one because, you know what, even even though my dad is, a, is an introverted person and he's, as I said, analytical, logical. Mm. I don't want to say he's not creative. I'm sure he is creative, but... In his own way. In his own way, yeah. Mm. And what's what's really interesting is that at the beginning, I remember before I, I went to the dance school, he was not really sure if that was a good idea. Mm. You know, I had to... And, and again, my mom's great translation uh, talent skills. <laughs> and translation skills helped a lot. So I eventually got into that school, but he didn't want me to at the mm. beginning. He thought I, my brain was, uh, you know, big enough and <laughs> I was smart enough to try a, some different path in life. Mm. But I remember when I was in the second year mm. and we would always have these yearly uh, recitals, like shows. Mm. And first year it was just some you know, really small, tiny performances we had as, like, like first graders at mm. school. But second year, 
it was my first ballet performance as well, you know, on point shoes. And it was the first time I actually got to uh, dance like a proper ballet variation on stage. And my dad, after this performance, he would buy a um, (laughs) DLSR camera. Mm. He would, from then on, he would capture every every concert (laughs) in in our school. Uh Because he loved it, you know? Uh And... I remember one one time he he drove me to to the city where I went to school, and it was like a an hour and something long um, ride. Mm. And that was the first time he told me that he trusted me whatever I was doing. He said, "You know what you're doing, you know." And it was it it was not like a Hollywood movie kind of conversation, but it was definitely encouraging. Yeah. And it's the same till now, you know. I mean, I'm really glad that my dad didn't um inherit those genes that would be um dividing the society, you know, to mm-hmm. gay people, non-gay mm-hmm. people, artists, non-artists, you know, stuff like this. But he is encouraging um it might not in, be in, in, yeah. in anything. And and also my mm-hmm. brother, you know. Oh, of course there will always be things that we don't have the same opinion about mm. right and mm. we would we would we would get in into some conflict of course but that's normal yeah. but in that really profound um, children and parent kind of relationship he's a keeper like he's he's providing all that he's capable of mm. you know yeah Which he's, do- he's doing his best and and even now you know i'm I'm doing music and he is really supportive, you know, mm. and he can't probably express it, mm. you know, as my mom would probably, right? Mm. But he, I can tell, you know, by by the way he talks about my music or by the way he talks about a video I'm in, for example, mm. you know, it he is supportive and it's also because he knows that Probably I can make money out of whatever I'm doing, you know, so he doesn't have to worry about me as his kid. Yeah, it's not sending, he's not sending a transfer every week. Yeah, <laughs> not every week, but I mean, sometimes he helps. <laughs> White one. Graceful and proud Swimming in the lake Out of the town Perfect night Wonderland in the sky But that's the interesting thing, Dashi, about you in some way, that uh, you're a, I don't know, a product of a very different era. If we think about, um, and, and that's why it's, 
often or must be challenging for people like your parents, for example, that have most of their childhood, teenage years and youth, uh-huh. let's say young adult life under communism where you were restricted, you couldn't do anything. There was no, there was a plan for everyone. And it was very much about like, you know, labor, work yes. and, and practical stuff. And then here you are, you come out 1990, the year after communist ends in, in this part of the world. And, and you go a path that, you know, it just wasn't even possible back then. And your yeah. brother comes out as a gay, uh-huh. that would not have been possible either. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so it's it's interesting how, and I'm happy to hear that that your your father is supportive of this because I think it's easier. It could be easier for a parent that is that age not to understand, yeah. not to relate to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? I can still um, feel there's a lot of difference between mm-hmm. my generation, and my parents, and mm-hmm. and you know I see it in in stuff like. In Slovakia, and especially smaller cities or towns, mm-hmm. um, people are really behind with um, ecology and with... Um, yeah, we have a little w- situation here, wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the dog just found a with desperate need to climb onto yeah. a table. Yeah. That's normal. That's fine. Mm. So, so what I wanted to say is that... Um, in Slovakia, you know, there's still this footprint of the communist era. I can mm, I can mm, still mm. Uh, tell that the general setup of thinking. For example, my, you know, my parents, they they are happy. They have their house. Mm. They have their home. Right. They are stable financially they i don't know they can afford to buy a new car every now and you know like like the every, expectations every, to life are very different yes and and you know or you know they like go, like to go shopping for i don't know clothes and mm-hmm. you know stuff that they it was not normal in in the communist era like you mm-hmm. couldn't just go to h&m to get a new Anything t-shirt, yeah. you want, right? Yeah. That's sold all over the world, and they see this as an as a good thing, as an opportunity, as something that was not given to them when they were kids, for mm. example, right? Or mm. teenagers, or mm. um, but I don't see it that way. Mm. Um, the opposite. I'm the minimalist. You know, I don't want to have anything. Basically, of course, if I could, if I could, and if I had a lot of money. I'd buy a huge house and I'd get myself a Tesla car, you know, or, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, stuff like this. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, the less I have, the better I feel. Mm-hmm. Because I realized that every time I had to move to a different flat in Prague, for example, how much of a Gark. fucking pain in the ass <laughs> it is to move the same stuff from flat to flat yeah. and realize you don't even use, like, Three-fourths of it, you know? Uh, uh, it's crazy. I moved seven times in 12 years. I, I know your pain. Yeah, I yeah. same with me, you know? Mm. And it's now I'm at the point that I'm like, I've always wanted to, you know, I've, I've always been really desperate to live with my boyfriend and to have like a nice flat together. And of course, I still do want to, but now I'm more like, you know what? I really want to enjoy 
every day and having a house or a car or having anything physical actually doesn't make you a different person and of course if you can afford to have something you're you've been dreaming of Mm. it's beautiful to Mm. achieve that and it's you know there's nothing wrong about it but if you don't have that you know finances or you're you're not in that point of life where you could afford anything super expensive then just fucking enjoy whatever you have exactly and that's but you're on the you're I want to talk a little bit about your album because you're working on an album. That's the first milestone to the Tesla. I mean, when the album yeah, comes out, right? I'm, I'm sure you're <laughs> going to drop by here on a Tesla. But So you're working on this album. Uh, yep. Jeff is, is uh, producing it. Uh-huh. When is it coming out? Um, I'd like to say soon. Mm. And, you know, I really believe by the end of this year is definitely going to be out for Mm. sure for sure but you know first my plan was to make an ep Mm -hmm. just a few songs which evolved into a full album and now since it's ready to be you know a full album it's more work on the production on the arrangements on on the studio work on all the marketing stuff, video, you know, official videos for um, for the songs. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I would see it out in, in a few months because the most of the songs are ready for, for the studio sessions. We want to record some live drums and, you know, some, mm-hmm. some instruments that will be uh, special for some of the songs. But, yeah, I would say a few months probably. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not a cheap thing. So, um, I'm just trying to make it work in my head and on paper before I I let it out. Because with my first singles, I kind of, I think, underestimated um, the whole process, you know? The effort, and, yeah. And the effort, and I, I, I think... But I didn't know, you know? That was my first experience. I, mm. I didn't know, but what I want to say is that and and I I'm happy to that I could could actually watch Jeff dealing with his um, music release. When was it? Last, last year. Last year, June, I think. Yeah. I was there when the whole process was happening, you mm-hmm. know, and I knew how many documents he had to write and how many people he had to contact. You know, he has PR people who take care of his album, and you know, right now, I I just don't want to miss any step. Because mm. this album is gonna be really good, mm. and I just want to to make it as big as possible. And yeah, and is it gonna be? You said it's gonna be a kind of a mix between your kind of more mellow and his more kind of rock and roll. Yes, you know what? When we first met, the very first time we met, I told him about my mm, inspiration. Mm. And um, it was before we started dating, and I told him that I'm, I'm really inspired by um, Mazzy Star, mm. Massive Attack, but also Nora Jones, you know. And I was just <laughs> saying all these completely different artists, right? Mm. And I think we got. I don't. I want to. I don't want to say we are copying anyone, mm. but I think we 
we found the center point between all of these, you know, uh -huh. it's like, like merging point um, for all of these um, inspirations. Yeah, influ yeah. yeah, inspirational mm. influences. Because, you know, sometimes it's hard uh, to to see your path, like where you're supposed to go with the production. And mm. I think um, I was very lucky to th that I could um, record my first two singles with Dan Reed because... You know, he's also been in the industry for for decades, mm. and so he knows exactly. Who is that? Who, who has he name dropped something here? Um, Dan Reed is a is founder of Dan Reed Network from uh -huh. I believe eighties. Huge, huge, huge thing in the U.S. So him and Jeff, they're like you friends. know, yeah, friends, and and I think probably common, you know, music circles. I would say mm. I, I don't know. You know, I I wasn't even born back then but um but it was really amazing because he's working on his stuff a lot you know he's mm. he's constantly working on something like every time you would visit him in the studio he's working on something new mm -hmm. and so he's really really home at his studio so mm -hmm. so once i got there and i said hey i have these few songs that i'd like to record he knew exactly what he wanted to do with them. Mm -hmm. And so it was his production, which I'm not saying uh, I'm not happy with. I think it's it's the best as it could be. But sound-wise and production-wise, I, I think right now I feel where I want to go. And mm -hmm. with Jeff, we made it really clear uh, one night that we were arranging some, some stuff that we had already had in the studio. And he said, how about we make this really dirty? Mm -hmm. Because it was one of the songs that was, you know, also very soft and mellow and very, you know, um, breathy voice. And he said, how about we really like make it dirty with the drums, with, with the distortion sounds, you know, mm -hmm. and and we worked on it for a while and and it was it. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I knew exactly. Yes, this is this is it. And then we work on on another song, and you know we we try to go in this direction, and I think so far we've been pretty successful because I I'm I'm really happy with each song mm -hmm. that we've done so far because it's going in that sound sound direction that I always loved, and it's kind of a combination of all my influences you know from from even when i was a dancer mm. so it's it's like a nice I, I think jeff really feels what i'm what i tell him you know mm. when it comes to to the production uh and stylistic mm. stuff that sounds great i'm looking forward to this album i mean I've, yeah as i told you i've been listening a bit to your music i've also listened to to jeff's albums uh, mm -hmm. i really like them um and I hope to have him on my podcast. He's gonna laugh when when he's gonna listen to this podcast because he's all Jeff, 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 Jeff. Yeah. Jeff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, I hopefully I will have him here. He can come here on on someday as well. I'm sure um, he'll be happy. If people want to know more about you, where where can they follow you? What's is that Instagram or Facebook or both? Um, Instagram and Facebook is great for knowing um, news. Mm. You know to. Um, stay up to date with whatever I'm doing. And that's just Dashi Stardust. Dashi Stardust everywhere. D-A-S-H-I Stardust. Uh -huh. Stardust, mm. yes. Exactly. And if you want to listen to my music, 
I'd appreciate Bandcamp, mm. where you can find me under the same name, Dashy Stardust. You can actually uh, purchase my music. Uh, so it's not just like uh, blind um, listening on Spotify, but you oh, can I gave, so I gave you well. probably like zero point zero one euro today <laughs> when I played it on Spotify. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. I mean, I'm super happy when you know people listen to my music anywhere. Mm. But if you want to like listen and support, Bandcamp is is the best. Okay, so platform. it's Facebook, Instagram, and Bandcamp. Dashi mm-hmm. Stardust everywhere. Yeah. And by the end of the year, when the album comes out, it'll be dusty, dusty starts just everywhere. Everywhere, you know? exactly. <laughs> um, I, I have a really cool album cover already done. Mm. <sighs> but I can't post it yet anywhere. No. So I, I just I just can't wait till I do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and what about your podcast? Uh, if anyone is interested in... Oh, yeah. Okay, so I have one podcast that I do for Music Doc, as I mentioned earlier, mm. but that's that's more for for like a music field, I would say, for the music world because um, it's with guests from you know any field connected with music, basically mm. that can that could help you. It's on it's on Facebook and and YouTube under the name Music Doc Livestream. Mm. And then I have another podcast that's more like a coaching and mental health um, focused. And it's called Hachik Vmisli. It's in Slovak. So if you understand Slovak language. Yeah, I will put, the, I'll put a link to it in the episode <laughs> yeah, description. Cool. So if people want to hear that. Um, yeah. Okay. I think so. we, are, we are kind of there. I, I just yeah. want to... Tell you guys that are still out there listening, um, you can follow the show on on Facebook, the, the Bunker. How the hell did we end up here? Uh, there is an Instagram page, but the Bunker Prague. Uh, there is my private Instagram and Twitter that is Midlife Crisis Warrior. And yeah, feel free to drop any comments, make a review, um, share the show, and let me know if you know any cool people. Thanks to the sponsors, Alfred Jobs, Alfred.cz, and uh, the Old Bar Prague. Does she? It's been, yeah, it's been fun to have you. I think I have a feeling that I could talk to you for yeah, two right? or three more hours. <laughs> I mean, I had more on the paper that we didn't really go into, but no, uh, maybe that's fine. next time. Yeah, when 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 you take a break from your world tour and you divert the private jet yeah, into yeah, Prague, yeah. and then you step into your Tesla limousine <laughs> and you drive down here to my little bunker. Then yeah, we, yeah, then yeah. We can talk it, about it was a pleasure, really. It, yeah. th- this was probably the first time that I've been to uh, any podcast or like an interview that would not be only about music, but also important stuff. Yeah, but I mean, that's the interesting thing is that you know the, your past is what makes you what you yes, are today. Exactly. I mean, it's it's not. It's th- this is a continuum of of life, not the uh, you know. Yeah, can't wait to see where life takes me. You know. Yeah. So far, it's been fun. Okay. Great, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you, Tashi. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.